This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Hi, I'm Olivia Quinn. And I'm Harianto Diman. Welcome to The Straits Times, the big story podcast where we analyse key issues with our journalists and guest experts. Science and Environment Correspondent Audrey Tan is here to make sense of these latest announcements. Audrey, let's talk about GreenGov.SG first. Uh, it builds on an existing initiative that's been in place since 2006. So what's new about this one? So there are a couple of new pillars for GreenGov.SG and Ms Grace Fu said that more details will be released later in the year. But I guess one of the more headline new targets that are set under GreenGov.SG is for the public sector to peak its emissions by 2025. So that means um, the public sector, government offices and public, uh, public infrastructure would actually increase emissions until 2025 before ramping down. So um, a similar target was set nationally and that was to peak emissions by 2030. So what GreenGov.SG is for the public sector to peak its emissions five years before the rest of the nation. On that note, Audrey, let's clear something up mm. here because I had the impression that under the Green Plan 2030, we're aiming to mm. reduce emissions by 2030. But what you just said, and that's according to you know, GreenGov.SG, the target is to maximise emissions by 2030. So isn't all of that counterintuitive to the whole green effort to reduce our emissions? So um, the 2030 target was actually set some time ago as part of our uh, targets under the Paris Agreement. Uh, so Singapore has pledged that it will peak its emissions at 2030 and then half that amount by 2050. Uh, and the longer term target is for us to reach net zero as soon as possible in the second half of the century. So like you pointed out, it means that we still have nine more years of increasing emissions. And that is something that has been the subject of criticism yeah. among the environmental community here. But as we have heard from the ministers today, you know, there's a lot of talk about trade-offs and constraints. So right now, I guess Singapore is trying to manage within these constraints that you know, the government has set out and try to reduce emissions as far as possible. But I guess despite our efforts, you know, the, in, t in terms of like petrochemical industry is not going to go away so soon and we can continue seeing our emissions uh, go up in the nearer term future. Right. Mm. I want to pick up on that. Uh, trade-offs? Audrey, yeah, mm. tr on trade-offs, because we heard Senior Minister Teo Chihian as well said uh, that the trade-offs for greener Singapore are much starker. What does he mean by that? So I think he mentioned three different types of constraints, right? Land, manpower, and access to renewable energy. Mm. So access to renewable energy is a pertinent point because um, if you look at the majority of our emissions, they come from the use of fossil fuels for our energy. Currently, 95% of our energy comes from the burning of natural gas. It is the cleanest form of fossil fuel, but it's still a fossil fuel nonetheless. So what are alternatives to fossil fuels? You would need renewables. And uh, in Singapore, we don't have large acres of land for mm. extensive solar panel farms or solar farms. We do not have access to tidal energy, uh, wind energy, geothermal energy. So we are constrained in this area. So that's one. In terms of land use, uh, it has come up in SM's speech and it has also come up in interviews that I've done with, like, for example, National Development Minister Desmond mm. Lee, who has talked about how Singapore is a city that needs to incorporate all the needs of a country. So if you think about countries overseas, right, um, they could have, they, they can have locate everything they need within a city, but things that maybe like 
in terms of meeting water needs or farming for food, they can always locate it outskirt on the outskirts in rural areas. But this is something that Singapore does not have. So it has to ensure that it meets all its needs within our 720 square kilometers of land. So that is another constraint that we have to deal with. And the last thing is, is manpower, manpower, right? We have seen what Exxon has said recently about cutting jobs, same with Shell. Mm. And there's always the need to transition away from it. But in this great green transition, it is the workers who will have to to bear the brunt of this. So I guess that's what he meant by all these constraints that Singapore has to deal with and how we would face the cost of these challenges um, more harshly than perhaps other countries as well. I see. Well, let's talk uh, more about what uh, Miss Graceful also mentioned about how we're going to you know, show up our coastlines uh, against rising sea levels. Could you share more on Singapore's plans to protect our coastlines? Yeah. So, um, you know, earlier what we are talking about emissions and all that, that comes under mitigation, right? How Singapore wants to reduce its carbon footprint. But of course, when you talk about climate change, you cannot just look at that. You have to look at how you're going to prepare for the effects of climate change as well. Mm. So sea level rise is, of course, an issue that is of concern for us, a low-lying country. So she did mention that there are four areas, uh, four, four different coastlines that are being looked at. Um, earlier, just now we've seen inside City East Coast and and Jurong Island, these are areas that have already been identified in public speeches before. And at that point, the government has said that these areas are identified because they are low-lying, they are highly urbanised, you know, your East Coast Park is there. And Jurong Island is highly, uh, a lot of important infrastructure there as well. So today what we've heard is that the northwestern coast will also be looked at. And the northwestern coast is perhaps, uh, you will be familiar with places like Sungai Buloh, Kranji, Kranji, yeah. right? So that is an area and why PUB said is because firstly that's where a lot of key infrastructure are located. Think your Woodlands Checkpoint, your Kranji Reservoir, they're all there. And also it's going to be a lot uh, uh, the location of many important industries, so timber industry and what we have seen uh, with you know the Agri-Food Innovation Park, there's going to be a huge agri-tech sector is there as well. So that is an area that um, Singapore is looking into to try to beef up and show up our, our coastal protection as well. That was an SPH podcast by The Straits Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast.sph.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times, The Business Times and Money FM 89.3.